Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we read all the chapters on Visit Shonen Jump website, as well as another collected volume of manga. My name is Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. Yeah, my brain is super fried, even more than normal right now. We are recording remotely because I have been having some family issues. Hopefully we will be back to recording regularly next week, but in the next couple of months there might be a few more like this. I really hope not. Because obviously it sounds way better when we are in person together, and I believe it's easier to edit, too. Yes. Well, certain aspects of it are easier to edit with dual channels, but the sound quality is yeah. better. And one of the only problems I have is occasionally you don't pick up on Discord. So I kind of have to take a second to think of like what you were saying. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. That might happen to me this time. It never happened when we were doing it in the peak COVID times, but I've been having way more internet and therefore way more Discord issues lately. Yeah. So we'll see. Before we get into everything, I wanted to kind of do some follow-up on ActAge, which, as we talked about last week, is dead and buried, and now Shueisha is scorching the site. Mm-hmm. Have you looked at any of the news since? No. Okay, well, Shueisha announced in Japan that they are not going to publish any more volumes of ActAge, and they are suspending reprints indefinitely, which probably means forever. Mm-hmm. And they are removing all access to digital sales as well. And I think there was one other announcement, but... Yeah, I, I do think I remember them saying that they were removing access to digital, the digital content. Yeah, which means here you can no longer read it on Manga Plus or on the Viz website. It has yeah. been removed, which I kind of disagree with because now it's completely lost media. I think that's kind of a mistake because I don't think there's any problem with the content of ActAge, just the man who made it. Yeah, so like I understand we're not printing anymore and, you know, them distancing it, but someone has uploaded it online somewhere. You can find it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is lost media and now it is the pirate's job to preserve it. And I just think that's kind of a shame. Like, I'm sure I could go read it if I wanted to. So, yeah, it's no longer available on the Viz website. They also announced in America they're not going to publish any further volumes. That's not really a surprise. Yeah. And they suspended digital sales, which I believe they had last time, too, and I just hadn't mm -hmm. checked that. Some people did get their hands on volume two, though. I'm kind of trying to. Barnes & Noble shipped all their volume twos before street date, because there is now no street date. Yep. And Amazon still has it available for pre-order, so I went ahead and threw in my hat, and we'll see if I get it. See if I can have a volume with Chio on the cover to keep K company for eternity. Yeah. But yeah, it looks like it's Shueisha wants to have everyone forget they ever published it, which I think is an extreme, because like I said, there's no issue with the content. There are some cases where I think that's okay, like the racist Looney Tunes. I think it's pretty much fine that they're not available anywhere. Yeah. Unless you're, you know, a historian who requests them. But again, that's issue with the content, whereas ActAge did not have that. So yeah, I, I, I feel like, to be fair to Viz, this is pressure from Shueisha, who they have to listen to. And there are reasons you might want to do this, it, depending on how, the contract with the writer and how he's supported for the digital archive. Yeah. At the same time, I really don't think you should be getting rid of it this way. Well, especially because it was a collaborative effort. Like, that kind of sucks for, yeah. I forget her name, but the illustrator being like, oh yeah, none of your work is available now. Yeah. Oh, cool. 
And in this extra statement, it kind of sounds like they told her we're not going to be doing Act Age anymore. And that it was not her choice. We'll never know for sure, like I said last week. Just the new statement makes it look like they went in and said, yeah, you're done. Yeah, that definitely feels like that. I'm, she might not have thought she could have done it, but it definitely feels like... Yes, she might not, and she... She also might not have wanted to, because I know people were talking about how her and the writer were distancing themselves from each other even before this mm-hmm. happened, and having less and less content. Again, we will never know for sure when yep. it comes to that. But with that out of the way, shall we get into Shonen Jump? Yeah. First up this week, we have Burn the Witch number one, The Witch's Blow a New Pipe by Taito Kube, who you may know as that guy who did Bleach. Yep. Or if you have a very weird taste, that guy who did Zombie Powder. <laughs> if this sounds familiar, there has been a one-shot of this in the past. We've covered it for this yep. podcast before. What did you think of Burn the Witch number one, Kevin? I still like it. I'm still interested in the world. This sets up some kind of interesting stuff. I do like some of the characters. And I I am excited to... I also like that this is going to be a limited series. So, like... Yeah, I should mention that. Thank you for bringing it up, because I had meant to put that down, mm-hmm. but didn't write it in my notes. They said it was going to be a limited series, so to me that means he's basically already finished like the draft, or maybe even finished the whole series. And I, He's probably written it. I doubt he's drawn it. Yes. I'm like I'm thinking he might have done storyboards for the whole thing, and it's like, just here's the whole series, and they mm-hmm. decided to, not decided mm-hmm. to publish it, but they're like, yeah, cool, we can publish that. It's just kind of nice, especially with these weekly series, to have like a definite story. I really like when series are like that. Like one of my favorite shows, Gravity Falls, was like that, where he had three seasons worth of content, and then when it ended, everyone was clamoring for more. And he's like, "I'll maybe go back to the world, but like Gravity Falls, as the show as it is, is done. Like, I I had a story to tell, I told it, and it's finished. And I like that because it kind of those have some of the best endings rather than the ones that are kind of like either they ended too early or they just kind of kept puttering on until they eventually died. Yeah. I mean, definitely people all the time are saying Dragon Ball should have ended with Frieza or Cell or wherever they put that mark because that just kept going. On the other hand, I do kind of like the infinite sprawling series that said, given the problems that Bleach had at the end, this might be best for Kubo. I don't know that it's best for Jump right now because they really need a big hit especially with the Act Age controversy flaring up for them. This is at least will help tide them over, because we don't know how long it is. So That's true. I'll agree with you on the characters. I quite like all of them, or I guess mm-hmm. the main three. But this chapter really fell flat to me. I think what it is is that really this is a chapter two. The one shot is chapter one, because that's the origin story of how these characters meet and what their deal is, right? Yeah the way that Jump Chapter 1s usually are. And I think in Shonen Jump, Chapter 2 is almost always your worst chapter because it's usually just, let's establish the status quo and everything we did last week, except for in, you know, two-thirds as much space without the introductions and origin story stuff. Yeah. Which is usually where the drama comes from. There are a handful of exceptions, but I think Chapter 2s in Jump are usually very, very weak because of that. And any week we read Bakuman, we're subconsciously always thinking about the manga creation process at least as it's presented there yep and when you have to submit three chapters up front chapter one has got to be you know it's your intro it's 
the easy chapter, as you and I will sometimes say. Yep. Chapter three will often start the first arc. Chapter two is this weird limbo where you get things like Konohamaru and all these adventures that in the end usually don't matter. Mm-hmm. It's, chapter two is almost always just an episode. And this is really what, and that's really what this felt like to me, except for it's number one. So there's kind of more expectation on it. I am interested in the rest of the series because like you, I like the characters. Yep. Could kind of take or leave the world, to be honest with you. I think that's interesting. And it does set up a conflict at the end, but I'm not upset about it. I just, it wasn't what I had hoped, perhaps. I gotcha. Expectation wise. Anything else you want to say on Burn the Witch? Nah. We didn't talk about the plot at all, but honestly, I it kind of went in one ear and out the other. Yeah. To me. All right. That brings us into My Hero Academia number 281 plus Ultra, which I was also a little disappointed in, mostly based on that title. Yeah. Because that sounds like the title of a very good chapter of My Hero Academia, and this was just a pretty good chapter of My Hero Academia. Yeah. Is Gran Torino dead, do you think? I don't think so. I don't either. It just, the way it was framed, I think we're, to some degree, supposed to think he is. With Deku getting mad and running... Yes, well, at the very least, he's going to pull a Night-Eye, and he is dead, but he won't die until later. Okay, fair. Like, you know, he... I would still consider that dead, but I know what you mean. And that's what I was thinking was, I I don't think he's there either. I think he's still going to pull something off, but... At the very least, he is in that limbo where he has been mortally wounded and hasn't died yet, but is just a dead man walking. Yeah. So Shigaraki gives his sermon about the system being rotten because it didn't help people like him. Attacks Gran Torino. Gran Torino gets hurt so bad he has a flashback to that time that Shigaraki's mom gave him up. Yep. At the very least, which picks off Deku. An Endeavor starts running at him, and the cliffhanger is that he has one of the quirk-robbing bullets. And there's an image of Aerie at the end, which I'm pretty sure is just to emphasize that connection. But with the panel before it, I found it very weird. Like, I definitely don't think Aerie's there, because what reasonable person would let her be? Maybe she was... Yeah, I I don't understand either, because what would she be doing in that city? I think it's just... Yeah, I think it's just to draw the connection between her and the bullet. I think so, but it the panel is definitely set up like it's a zoom in on, oh my god, Ares over there. Yeah. The I had actually been thinking about this just because of a, a book that I've been reading about. I One of the things I like about Tomura is a bit of his message actually makes a lot of sense. Like, he's definitely, he's taking it in a super selfish route. Like, you know, you guys set up the system that didn't save me, therefore I need to destroy it. But at the same time, I like a lot of the aspects of the fact that he's like, yeah, so you've set up this system of hero worship where everyone just waits until a hero will come save him, save them. And that's not everybody. Like, obviously, almost all the kids wanted to be the hero that saves everybody because those heroes exist. So there were a ton of people that learned, I can stand up, I can be a hero. And I like that aspect of it, but I also like his reverse side of, you know, he's like, look at all of these people that just sit around like sheep waiting for a hero to come save them. Like, where's the person who stands up for himself? And that's the problem with systems, right? Yes. Is that different people will react differently yes. to them. And so, like, it just, because of the, the book, I I guess I'm listening to it, it just made me think about his speech a little bit and how I liked certain aspects of it. Like, obviously, yes, he's the bad guy. What is the book for those interested? 
the last in a series, let me... A Warrior's Penance, which is the Casts and the Outcasts by Davis Ashen, Asher. But it's got a lot of Eastern philosophy, mm-hmm. which is something that... And uh, Eastern mythology stuff in it, which I thought was really cool. But it just had me thinking about morality, because they work, they work on that a lot. Mm-hmm. Anything else you wanted to say on My Hero this week? Again, we're back to the story I was interested in. And it's a good chapter, but it's not a great chapter, in my opinion. Yeah. One of the big things is it looks like Shigaraki has multiple of the power-stealing bullets. Because it looks like... the Yeah, he is like holding him between his fingers. Like, he has one on him, and then the dragon lady has like one of his hands, which se- seemed to also be holding it. I think. Like, I think there was like... She, there was a hand that had one that wasn't attached to Tomura, and then Tomura had mm-hmm. a couple on him. Okay, that could be. Because he only got, like, what, six? Yeah, five or six. Because I'm pretty sure they said he could, they had not yet produced more. Yeah, I think he I think he actually might have five. I think he has five. Because yeah, I think they used, they because, used yeah, one on... Because I think there were six and... Yes, and they used yeah. one on Lumillion. So yeah, I think there's five. Mm-hmm. If he hasn't used one for something else. Yeah, for testing or something. All right. Anything else on My Hero? No. That brings us to One Piece Chapter 988, Sorry for the Wait. I've been in a real One Piece mood lately, so I really enjoyed this. Sucks that we have to wait two weeks for another One Piece, but that's pretty normal. Mm. What did you think of One Piece this week, Kevin? I still did really like One Piece. I liked Frankie and Brooke showing up and the interaction with Zeus and Big Mom are like chopping Zeus in half. Uh-huh. You, you mean you liked when Frankie and Brooke showed up to do a wheelie off Big yes. Mom's face? I did like that. Cause yes, I also liked like that. it was good, but <laughs> and I really, <laughs> I was kind of like, uh, I guess I was slightly disappointed in the fact that there basically wasn't any Luffy. I, I know there was, but okay. Like, you know what I mean? I do. know what you mean. Sanji's back too. Yes. Invis- being invisible and using that to his advantage. I like the bird guy is like, use your teleportation and get out of here, or whatever. And Sanji's like, it's invisibility. I can't do anything if you're touching me. <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to say, I like the part where he uses it to free Momo. And they're like, why is Momo just flying away? Yeah. And he throws him to Shinobu, and Luffy tells Yamato, hey, go protect him. And Yamato's like, can I? Oh, wait, yeah, that guy's my son. Yes, that was pretty good. <laughs> He's he yes, him. I also like that uh, Sanji was like, hey, Momosuke, wait a name drop like a man. Yeah. I also really like it was earlier, but the bit where all the animal pirates come out to help Kaido with the Sulong reveal last week. And they're like, yeah, we're animals, too. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I had not picked up on that obvious parallel until it was made incredibly obvious just now. Yeah. I'm just thinking uh, they're going to get their asses kicked. But yeah. Y- yeah, well, we'll see. The, the Beast Pirates are pretty strong. Yeah. It'll, it should be an even fight. Unnamed Minx versus the Beast Pirates seem pretty even to yeah. me. Yeah. I guess I I really like the idea that Luffy and the Straw Hats have to deal with Big Mom, which leaves the Red Scabbards to deal with Kaido, at least for now. Yeah. I like that dynamic quite a bit. Yeah, I do like that as well. I quite enjoyed it. Not as much as last week, mm-hmm. which was superlative One Piece, but yep. I enjoyed it, and... Frankie hasn't really done anything, I feel like, in a really long time. And I don't know that I feel like Brooke has ever done much in One Piece. I guess he had some good stuff in Whole Cake Island with his interaction with the homies. But 
Like, Frankie's fight in Dressrosa really did nothing for me. Which makes it feel like it's been since, like, Thriller Bark that he did anything of note, and I really like Frankie, so. Yeah. And also, we know Usopp and Chopper are on their way here, so it seems like the Straw Hats are all going to be in one place again. Yeah. So I thought it was good as set up. Anything else you wanted to say on it? Nope. That brings us to Dr. Stone, Z equals 162, down the earth-stained path. What did you think of Dr. Stone this week, Kevin? This was still a pretty good chapter of Dr. Stone, but it's, I don't want to say it's back to its normal stuff. Like, it just, it wasn't as great as some of the earlier ones have been, because they've kind of just, they've got to have the beat where it's like, oh yeah, and we, you know, we acquired the drill. Yeah. And that was, like, most of the chapter. I really like the beginning where they're using the spear and, like, the spinning technique to drill into just the, the unsolid dirt. <laughs> with the shovel? Yeah. Yes. And I also... That was good. Like, the whole bit with Taiju of, like, oh, we need a drill. Okay, let's have Taiju drive over here. He's like, oh, I can't drive, so I'll pick up the guys who are obviously going to tail me and have them drive. And then, as soon as he gets to the combat team, they just tie him up. Yes. Taiju's like, hey, and I love their, like, I do not speak your language, dude like interactions the whole time yep i I thought it was actually a pretty good it didn't feel to me like the typical dr stone chapter although i certainly see what you're saying well and that's why i didn't want to say it's not back to that but it just it it wasn't as good as it's been like it, it had to like i still liked it it did very well but it wasn't as good as it's been the past couple of weeks and it, it it couldn't have been yeah like you know you in order to have that emotional high you then have to dip lower yes it is the problem with series and why one-shots and chapter ones do so well compared to the ch- chapters of even our favorite manga, because they are just a beat in the greater story. Yes. Anything else on Dr. Stone? Nope. That brings us into We Never Learn question 170, Tomorrow Night's Pixie Part 2. On the other hand, I'm very glad that We Never Learn is back to being We Never Learn. I yes. do kind of miss all the other girls, but after the Furuhashi story, maybe it's better that we don't have them around. Yeah, because, like, they weren't really there for the most of the Uraraka arc or most of the Ogata arc. The Ogata arc had a, what's her name, though? Her friend, which to me filled a, filled yes. a similar role. It did, but I, I just meant, like, the problem with the Furuhashi arc was, like, everyone yes. was there. Yes. But, yes, I really liked this chapter of We Never Learn. I actually decided to basically read it last because uh-huh. I was like, I, I basically know this is going to be good, so I'm going to save it for last so that I can end on a high note. I should maybe start doing that. Back in the day, Food Wars and We Never Learned would be in the back, and so I had to count on. But now there are some weeks where I'm just like, oh, no, what, what's back here? Time Paradox is back there this week, though, so. Yes. But sometimes it's like, oh, no, it's a Gravity Boys and all the other stuff I don't like. Yeah. The other big thing is... While I definitely enjoy stuff like Time Paradox, One Piece, and My Hero, those tend to be a lot more dramatic. Yes. We Never Learn is a Send Them Home Smiling sort of series. Yes. So that's a great series to end the book on when I get to decide the order I read the chapters in. Mm -hmm. Like, I obviously understand how, you know, probably a lot of thought goes into how exactly you place everything in the book. But when you're reading the, when you know you're reading the whole thing, I'm always like, maybe I'll save We Never Learn to last so that I can. Like you said, go home smiling. There was a time where it was just the order that of series popularity by vote. So I don't know how yes. much time goes it, how much thought goes into it really. But anyway, I love the students like got all the young girl students gossiping about him being with 
what's her name? Why I didn't write it down this week. Oh no, I'm a failure. Konami. Konami. And he's like, no. And they make him be health coordinator because he helped a girl who is sick once. Yeah. Well, and they were like, you you actually know a little bit about it, and no one else wants to do it. Yeah. We're all. I have the feeling Yu-Gi-Oh will be like doing every job in that school by the end of this arc. Yeah. Yeah, and I liked the story with. I liked all the the story with uh, the shots. Uh huh. It's it's very cute where she's afraid to stick people and they don't want to get shot because they're kids and Yu-Gi-Oh tells her like, oh, if you talk to this kid about this, that'll get him to open up and this person really likes this. And, like, they're all just humans. Yeah, so you can distract them while... Because that's one of the biggest things about getting the shot. Mm-hmm. Is, like, you know, I'm not a huge fan of needles either. But it's one of those, like, just don't think about it too much. Mm-hmm. So, like, I totally understand kids, especially some of those early immunizations. Yeah. Like, I remember the MMR shot. Burn. Like, it wasn't just the prick. That was like, yeah, I was stabbed and then someone ejected me with fire. <laughs> Yeah, that one's a son of a bitch, but I like that, and I like that the cliffhanger is that she's going to wear a sexy nurse costume, maybe. Yes, I definitely, I did like that as well, where she was like, maybe, you know, maybe tonight I'll wear the nurse costume, and she's kind of like, because she's always teased him about him being attracted to her, and so it's, and she's had that attraction to him, so it's just nice to see that, like, continuing farther. Yeah. As opposed to kind of, it always hit the point of, haha, I was just teasing, and now it's getting to the point where she's like, hmm, do I go sexy nurse? How will that work on him? <laughs> yes. Anything else you want to say on We Never Learn? Nope. Looking forward to next week. Same. That brings us into Ayakashi Triangle Chapter 9, A Special Relationship. Ayakashi Triangle and We Never Learn, I was going to say share a lot, but really what they share is panty shots. <laughs> Yes. I found this week's Ayakashi Triangle to be very unsubtle in them. I think just because they did not okay. fit the story, really. It's something Ayakashi Triangle has had in the past, too. But usually, he's pretty good at just letting his characters be sexy and put them in poses that are relaxing. This one felt really forced. And that was distracting gotcha. to me. On on top of the chapter being fine. You know, no problems with mm-hmm. it. But I didn't find the setup super funny or the punchline particularly funny. And it kind of, yeah. the relationship it is expanding on between the rival and the girl main girl protagonist gets kind of aborted halfway through. I did like the yeah. ending a lot, where the cat is like, how how did this make the air more romantic? How have I failed? Yes, that was, that was pretty good, where he was like, that was the worst thing to ever happen. Wow, what? How are they closer now? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 it's not like I hated it. It's just I was like, well... This is in here, like, you put them in here for a reason. I'm not going to say they're in here for no reason. But like they talk about in Bakuman, the more subtle, the better. Yeah. Or the more it seems to fit the story. And when she's just lounging around her room, it's fine. Because it's a weird thing of, she has no reason to hide herself. There's no one there, except for this perverted camera. Yeah. Whereas here, like, we just got, like, shots of her under the booth that no one, that wasn't anyone's point of view. Yeah. And that's what stuck with me over the story, which was fine. But like I said, doesn't further anything, really. I gotcha. Anything you wanted to say on it? Like I said, I I liked that ending bit. And like you said, it was fine. So I still like the crispness to the art style. Yeah, the art is definitely good. I, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Like, I'm not an artist, so I can just, like, appreciate how well drawn everything is like a lot of effort goes into yes 
Ayakashi Triangle. Not that, like, the series I think of in comparison is, like, Chainsaw Man, where everything is a lot, I want to call it dirtier. Yeah. But that seems, that's like a tonal preference. Yeah, but, or, like, compare it, like I just did, to We Never Learn. We We Never Learn is way more cartoony, right? With its expressions and such. Yeah. And Ayakashi Triangle has a draftsmanship to it that makes it more like a bleach. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to appreciate there. Even the chapter like this that's, like I said, not my favorite, in a issue of Shonen Jump that I overthought thought was pretty good, went pretty high. Yeah. Anything else on it? No. That brings us to Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin Depth 7, A Messenger from Dragon Palace, which I feel like is kind of the first story arc we're setting up for Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin. We've had two-parters before, which are kind of story arcs in manga. But this one feels like it's going to be longer. It might not be. It could easily be resolved next week. But it felt like an entirely a setup chapter. Yeah, but it definitely does feel like it's going to be longer. Which is that this random guy on the beach helped a fish out, and now she wants to marry him. Yeah, which is a, a classic Japanese folktale. Yeah. And they're even like, yeah, and that well, folk... Not... Go on. Yeah. I, w- I was just going to say, it's not specifically a fish always, but... Yes. That, uh, that so, kind of thing. Some sort of spirit. Spirit, mermaid, fish creature, some, something I mean, along that That's pretty line. common even in Western uh, folklore, although we're way more burn the witch, colonize it. Yes. And anyway, they talked to Dolphin about that, and he's like, oh yeah, in the folktale it works, but we don't have that sort of magic anymore. But we do have my magic daughter, so we can probably make it work. Well, I like the fact that he was like, we don't have that kind of magic anymore. And they're like, oh, it's not going to work? He was like, yeah, but we still have the magical artifacts that were made, like, not by Momotaro, but, like, we have the magical artifacts that they made, we can use those. And I did really love that moment of, he goes to Chaco, and she's like, what? No, these are mine. She's, <laughs> yes. like, blowing bubbles with them. <laughs> yeah, well, they just look like a bubble wand, which I'm sure is super intentional, because they talk about it, the way it worked was, like, they just put a liquid in their lungs, like, modern medical, for some surgeries. Liquid respiration is a thing. Or they fill your yep. lungs with a oxygen-rich liquid. Yep. Although I have a feeling this is basically going to be just a giant air bubble in their lungs, which is fine, especially for the tone of this story. Yeah, I honestly don't think they're going to mention it at all. I think they're just going to yeah. stick the bubble wands in and Probably. be fine. And like, it's it's magic. That's one of the nice things about magic is don't really have to explain how magic works. That's how magic works. That's the difference between fantasy and sci-fi is generally have to explain how the sci-fi works, even if it seems exactly like magic. But most of the time, it's just like, yeah, I cast a spell. Well, how does that work? Magic. Conversely, though, another nice thing about magic is if you need to increase the stakes, there can suddenly be limits on it. And that is when I would expect we get an explanation if he wants to use that to ramp up tension, which could happen. Fair. It it depends on what sort of story we're going to get when we're under there. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to say on Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin? I really liked the bit where the fish lady is like, all right, so the first thing you need to do is strip. <laughs> and they're like, is that really necessary? Then you just do this, and she turns into a fish. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, I didn't get that at all. All right, listen, it's really easy. You just strip and do this. <laughs> and turn into a fish. Nope, I was paying his... And she just turned into a fish, and it was like, I was really paying attention. And I love that <laughs> dolphin or uh, shark. He's just like, all right, fine. He just gets into the water and dives in. He was like, nope, that didn't work. I didn't think it would, but it was worth a shot. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's intended to be probably my favorite comedy series in Jump. 
even as it seems like it's going for a serious arc. Though we'll see how serious. I think they're doing a pretty good balance. I do too. That brings us to Time Paradox Ghost Rider Chapter 13, Writer. It definitely feels like Paradox or like Ghost Rider is winding down. Hopefully not. We're getting at least one more chapter. Yes. And I did quite like this chapter, but I don't know where you can go from here. Obviously, they're going to have to change, either change the entire premise or something else is going to happen to Aino. But I definitely really liked this. So the explanation of a secret plan is, okay, yeah, so I just send you to that frozen world and you have infinite time to figure out how to make the perfect white knight. Yeah, or the perfect manga. Because in 3,175 days, you know, roughly 10 years, he he perfects White Knight, and he's like, yeah, but that's not my idea. Like, is there a potential better series? And then he writes 18 original series that are better. Yep. It's, you know, basically just not even a Groundhog Day, because he's not on repeat. It's all frozen. Um, mm-hmm. And the higher being talks about how the limit is going to be, basically, if he can keep his sanity during that. But Bill Murray is implied to have done that yes. for 100 years, so this guy's probably fine. He's not an asshole like Bill Murray. And I really like, you know, when we were talking about it from the start, we were talking about how I wasn't sure about this guy who's like, I don't have anything to say with my manga, but I want to write it. And he has now, you know, found mm-hmm. something he wants to communicate through his manga, whatever that is. And at the end, we see him walk by a kid he's walked by a whole bunch of times throughout the chapter who's, ice cre- who's about to drop his ice cream. And he, like, nudges the ice cream, so it'll be fine. I think it's, he's, dro- he's like, dropped his ice cream, like, it's literally out of his hands, and he pushes it back into his hands, yeah. so that it'll catch it. He's got the cone, but the ice cream has fallen off, is what it is. The Bill Murray thing, though, Bill Murray got to talk with people, even though he had yeah, to live the same true. day for a, a hundred. This guy has spent 20, I don't, I don't, did they ever say how long it was? 1,000, like, I know they said 12,472 after- days, which I could do the math on it real quick. About 34 years, just over. Yeah, so he spent 34 years alone, and not like, uh, there are definitely people that can do that, but he spent it alone trying to help somebody surrounded by people that he couldn't talk to or interact with. Yeah, but he got to read a lot of manga. Yes, but I do understand (laughs) uh, that being a thing of, like, you have as much time as possible, unless, you know, basically the only thing you need to worry about is your mind breaking. Yeah. Like, honestly, solitary confinement is one of the worst tortures you can inflict on certain people. Mm -hmm. There are some people that are fine with solitude. There are some people that are just not. Like, most people are not. Yeah, although another thing about solitary confinement is there's no input. Whereas he still has, you know, passive media. Which is definitely not the same, and I would want to discuss that with people. It would drive me crazy. But it is input. Yes, that's true. As the thing is about, you know communicating through manga that's people communicating with him and he has his manga as a way to try and communicate with other people even if no one is reading it yeah well i mean obviously he hasn't gone insane yet yeah. i was just saying yeah 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 no i i, I, I understand yeah. your point too i'm just uh adding to the conversation anything else you wanted to say on time paradox nope all right last but not least that brings us with spirit photographer Subaru kuno which is a special one-shot from the creators of The Promised Neverland. I wanted to call it No Game, No Life, and I'm like, that's not even close, Jeremy. What did you think of this one, Kevin? I really liked this. I really liked 
kind of just the whole story of this. It's got that horror movie vibe, right? And there's some niceness to it. Yes. I, I'm familiar with a lot of these tropes, and so I kind of called most of them. And so it kind of went lower for that. And this is one of the first of these one-shots that I wasn't like, oh, I would really like to see this as a series. No, because I think this worked perfectly as a story. Yeah. And that's something that I liked about it. Like That's fair. This isn't... This didn't feel like a one... Like, maybe something in the world, but honestly, like, you'd kind of run out of stuff to do. This was just, like... This was just a really good one-shot to read. And, like, it was perfect. It was a one-shot. It worked great. Mm-hmm. I really liked the ending. I really liked the story between the kid and the ghost and the spirit photographer. I just really love the the moment where he's like, may I take your picture? You know, I don't forcefully exercise spirits. I set them free. You know, I'm a photographer, not an exorcist. I really yeah. liked that moment. It, it, it's a good story. A good little horror piece. It's not actually horror because it has a happy ending. Yeah. It's got lots, it, you know, a good macabre piece. Yes. Anything else you wanted to say on it? Like I said, I wasn't super impressed with it, but I did like it. It, again, ranked pretty high. Yeah. In a week ago, I thought Shonen Jump was pretty good. Yeah, I I probably liked it a lot more than you because I am not the horror guy, so I tend to not pay attention or don't really recognize a lot of those tropes. Mm-hmm. So it's not that, it, like, I, I'm going to say I totally called it or didn't call it, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like, oh, I knew what was going to happen at the end. Yeah. All right. That just leaves us with Jump Card. Jumpcard is the segment where we rank everything we read this week, from our least favorite up through our favorite. We have 20 this week, and kind of an honorable mention to Hell's Paradise, which had a chapter last week that we didn't cover, and no chapter this week. And that chapter last week was very, very good. It would have ranked very high. Yeah. But it's not on here, so what do you have at 20, Kevin? I have me and Roboco down at 20. Okay, I do too, and I'm staring at it thinking this must be a mistake. Because I really didn't like a Gravity Boys this week. What happened with me and Robeco? Oh, there was that cat she adopted? Yes. So, basically, the only reason a Gravity Boys went over me and Robeco was the gotcha game thing that they talked about in a Gravity Boys. I had forgotten about that. That was funny. I'm sure that's why I put it above it. That was literally the only reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the premise was super dumb. But me and Roboco was literally, I was like, she adopted a cat that hates her, only it likes her, but it does it no, I don't care. None of this is funny. Mm-hmm. You made it look like the stuffed animal from Bleach. Yeah. Like it's also it's, there's oh, a- it's actually a lion cub. It's like, okay, first off, lion cubs, even if they're male, don't have manes. Mm-hmm. So it literally looks like a stuffed animal. We've all seen the Lion King. Yes. But, I mean, he looked like... I actually have a, a that cone. stuffed animal. Uh, I forget it. Yeah. I have cone somewhere. But, you know, it, it looked like a stuffed animal. Like, I, I don't know. 
Oh, and his mom's got a Ben's knife from Hunter Hunter. Yes. Yeah, not not my favorite. So I have a Gravity Boys at 19. You too? Same. Yeah, Primus is dumb. There's a good gotcha game joke. Yep, that was it. What do you have at 18? So I have Bone Collection down at 18. Okay. And again, it's mostly because I really haven't been enjoying Bone Collection basically the whole time. Yeah. And I know it's an ending, but it felt even more rushed. Like, I knew it was ending last week, but it felt even more rushed than a lot of other endings. Really? Because I had the opposite feeling. I thought this was one of the best, like, oh, no, we got canceled. We have to end it endings that we've had so far. And I think part of that is the kind of rushed nature that Bone Collection has always kind of felt. Like, it felt like it was on normal pacing. And I didn't love the ending just like I didn't love Bone Collection, but I liked it more than you, just like Bone Collection. Yes. I'm I'm not going to miss Bone Collection at all, but this ending seemed appropriate for it to me. I got you. I have Magu-chan at 18, just because it didn't, it didn't really make me laugh, but a little bit more than the Gravity Boys in Robico. Some of the shaved ice stuff. Yeah, I had it at number 17. It was kind of okay. Yeah. Not my favorite, though. No. I have Undead Unluck at 17. Okay. Just because it just felt real generic and shonen-y to me. And like I've said, I don't really like the fight scenes in Undead Unluck. I feel like the Unluck power is badly suited to them. And really, it was the narration stuff in the middle that made it go so low for me. Because it just felt like really lazy writing. That makes sense. I had more King at 16. Mm-hmm. I think it was just... I think honestly what kind of it is, is I'm slightly annoyed that all the female insects just kind of decide to give up. Yeah, yeah, I can, I like it and I don't like it. It's got that kind of vibe of, I don't know how true this is in the One Piece manga, and I'm sure it's less than the anime, but in the Punk Hazard arc, Frankie shows up with his giant robot and all of the male characters, like, you know, most of the boys are like, oh God, that's so cool. That's the best. That's the coolest thing in the world. And the girls are just like super blank faced, like that's dumb. Yeah. And again, the anime stretches that joke out way too much, but I appreciate it. And Mori King has a similar energy, but I totally get what you mean at the same time. Yeah, like it was just the, why do all the girls have to give up? Like, especially with Mori King. I I was like, I forgot that was, but especially with him being like, we don't have to fight to the death, but he didn't convince her that she needed to quit. He was almost like, I will continue to challenge you. And then she decided to give up because of that. Yeah. It was even a bit more annoying. Like, well, I, he literally said, we just don't need to have a fight to the death, but I'll still compete with you. Mm-hmm. Like, we're having a competition, not a death match. Yeah. I do like that, like, Shoko is just completely uninterested in it, though, and all the girls become her friends and, like, are part of that disinterested group. But I definitely get where you're coming from. Yes, I, I do like that aspect. But I think that's what kind of drives down more King sometimes, especially yeah. this one. Where it's like, oh yeah, and the girls give up. Why why, why do the girls have to give up? Especially because that's a character I really liked. and But she's at least going to yeah. still be around, so. Yeah. It, it, it was just like, if maybe, you know, one of the guys had also given up, and it was like, him and the butterfly are really the only ones competing. Mm-hmm. That's something different. If, like, everyone keeps facing off against him and only one person has still kept competing. Okay, sure. But yeah. Anyway, I have Jujutsu Kaisen at sixteen. 
And I like Jujutsu okay. Kaisen fine. I just, I don't know. Something about Sukuna running around, I don't super care. Just not doing for it? No. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I was super excited when he showed up, but it just seems like it's a different main character running around instead of the old main character. Yeah. I have it a little bit higher. I had a dead in luck at 15. Okay. I had Mori King at 15. Okay. Yeah, not much else to say about Undead Unlock. Okay. What do you have at 14? So I had Black Clover at 14. Okay. To me, it just seemed like a super generic version of, oh, so you got beat by the bad guys. Well, I'm here to train you how to get strong. Time to do a training. I'm going to throw you in this hyperbolic yeah. time chamber. I can't, It felt like a reveal. I assume we haven't seen this character before, right? No. Like the vice captain of the Black Bulls, I found that reveal to be pretty interesting, which is why it went a bit higher for me, but I completely agree with you. Yeah. And we've been, we've had reveals of secret Black Bulls members before. So this one, the guy with the tape shark face. I don't know if you know who I'm talking no, about, I don't. but he, he's got like, he's got like bandages around his head and like shark teeth and he uses trap magic. Sounds like a Black Clover character. I do remember trap magic. Yeah, he was secretly revealed to be a Black Bulls member at one point. Because it was like, I thought I knew everybody. And it's like, no, I'm actually one of the Black Bulls members. And, like, I've known that they don't have a vice captain. It's like, I'm actually the vice captain. I can teach you, you know, I'm a demon user. I can teach you how to use demon magic. Of course you are. Why wouldn't you be? (laughs) It did seem pretty convenient. Like, at least with Killer B, he got introduced to Story Arc earlier. And they quarantined them together. So, it made sense. Well, like... Well, it also, it, like, you knew there were other tailed beasts long before that, yeah. so it's not super crazy that they're like, well, hey, well, in, like, there's a little bit of deus ex machina of, well, this guy also figured out how to, like, tame his, so we'll introduce you to him, but at least it's not, you know, like, oh, there's not that many devil users. Well, I, I'm one, I've <laughs> yeah. been one the whole time. I was over there, off screen. I've been standing right next to the chick with big boobs this entire time, and you just didn't notice, because big boobs. (laughs) Yes, so that's why it went down for me. I have Burned the Witch at 14. I I talked about it. It just did not catch my interest the way a chapter one needs to. Luckily, the chapter zero, so to speak, did. So, you know, I'm not like, oh no, this series is going to be bad. It just didn't do much for me. I guess I didn't treat this as chapter one. So that that's probably why it went a lot higher for me. I don't know that I did either, but it made me really realize, like I said, oh, chapter two's in Shonen Jump are usually bad. Mm. What do you have at 13? I have Jujutsu Kaisen at 13. Okay. So like I said, I liked it a little bit more. I thought it was cool that the cursed spirit he's fighting essentially has Darwin's powers, where it's like, yeah, I can adapt to any situation. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm, except for being at the midpoint of the movie. I, that that was a terrible waste. <laughs> yes, yes, you're not wrong. His, his power is <laughs> his power is literally I can't be killed. Like that, it's like his power is basically like, I can literally overcome anything. And no, die. What that, that he's literally survived worse than that in the comics. Like, come on. I got bone collection at thirteen. Okay. Like you, I I liked it a little bit more than you. It still had that bone collection like messiness to it. I'm, I'm air quotes, glad it's out of the book. I'm glad we're going to get something new instead of this. It's not the first series I would have axed, though. Yes. Yeah, I know what you mean. What do you got at 12? I have Mission Use a Current. Interesting. I still 
really liked Mission Yozakura this week. I just, I felt like I liked a bunch of the other stuff more, and I don't really know why. Interesting. Because like I said, I put it kind of around here last week. Yep. And I like this chapter a lot more than last week's. Yeah, and I, I assumed you would, just because it has that Tayo Mitsubi yeah, yeah. <laughs> interaction. You're right, it does. I have Mashal yes. at 12. Okay. Uh, sometimes we talk about how, especially in fight scenes, chapters just feel like they're over instantly. And that was Mashal's mm. real problem here. The The fight stuff is interesting, but, you know, I've said a thousand times before, Mashal is better as a comedy series. And it's doing the action pretty well. Mm. But I keep saying, pretty good issue of Shonen Jump this week. And yep. Mashal was just a bit of a fight scene. Yes, it went a little bit higher for me. Just because of the joke of the guy explains, because when he's like, oh my god, is is your eye bleeding? It's like, no, this is a cursed eye. It stops magic. And Mastro's just like, oh, work on me at all. <laughs> yeah. I just really I just really liked that bit where he was like, oh, so you don't have any advantage at all. I feel kind of sorry for you. That's true. What do you got at 11? I had Chainsaw Man at 11. Okay. I know it's, it's super interesting and like, we have a bit more of the door mystery come in, so I liked that. Again, with, like, with Mission Yuzakura, I think they just kind of ended up down here because I liked some of the other stuff more. Mm-hmm. I really like Chainsaw Man this week, but we'll get to that a little later. I have Ayakashi Triangle at 11. Okay. I, I feel like I said my piece on it. it. It's fine, but it's not much, and it felt like it was trying a little too hard. Yep. So I have Mashal at 10. Okay. Like I said, just just basically for that joke. I have Black Clover at 10 because you're right. It's super generic Shonen, the Black Clover story. But this is a part of Shonen I really like. And like I said, I did like that Black Bulls reveal, even though you're very right about it being like, I was here the whole time. Because I got that feeling too, and I haven't been reading Black Clover. Yeah, at least with the first Black Bulls reveal, he was like basically on a mission mm-hmm. doing something else that he eventually ran into Asta and was introduced as a Black Bull member. Like, that kind of makes sense if it was like, you know, how come I haven't met you before? Well, because I've been over, like, I've literally been over here the whole time. You haven't come over yet. And and we talk about it being generic shonen, but I feel like it very much missed the beat where the main character gets up and, like, runs out and is like, I have to go do the thing. And everyone says, no, you are super beat up. You need to not do the thing, which is an important beat. Yeah. What do you have at number nine? I have Dr. Stone at number nine. Okay. So like I said, I liked it, but to me, it felt like just more of a beat of like, and we acquired the drill. I have hard-boiled cop and dolphin at nine. Okay. I I, I get, for similar reasons, this feels like it's setting up a story I'm excited to read, but some of the jokes were pretty funny, but it wasn't amazing. And again, a a week of Shannon jump I thought was pretty good. Yeah. I have it at number eight for a lot of the same reasons. So... While it is a setup chapter, I laughed at quite a lot of it. Like uh, the woman just being like, and then you just do this and turn into a fish or a Chaco being like, no, these are mine. No, these are mine. Got me pretty good. Yeah, that one was really good. Like, especially with the, like, I always imagine the setup of literally they haven't even said anything. They just walk up to her and she, you know, clutches. No, these are mine. I have Saburo Kono at eight. Okay. Like you said, pretty solid story, but I didn't like it as much as anything above it. I have Ayakashi Triangle at number seven. Okay. I liked it. I liked the story. I was not thinking about... I 
I tend to not think about the panty shots. Yeah. Much. And that's totally fair. I mean, I'm that way with We Never Learn a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. It's just like, sometimes it's just like, and now there's one here, and I'm like, no, that's not right. Yeah, versus I tend to see the forest instead of the trees, uh-huh. I guess is how that would work, where I'm just kind of like reading the chapter and not going like, there's a panty shot over there. Like, I just, I kind of notice that there's a panty shot and don't like focus on, well, that's an awkwardly placed panty shot. <laughs> I have Mission Yuzakura family at seven. Okay. The ending of that chapter, that cliffhanger, is really why, like you noted when you're like, I bet Jeremy will like this more than me. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Especially, yeah, that like, was really good. The bit with the needle and like how he just jumps up out of bed. Yeah. Ripping out of the bandages. Yeah. 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 That, those panels at the end really did it for me. It, it seemed to me like a much better version of the Black Clover chapter we got. Yeah, especially because now basically they, you know, he's got superpowers of some now. sort. Like he's, this, is, he's got a Sharingan eye. S- yes, he does have a weird Sharingan eye. But I just meant, yeah, like we don't know what superpowers yeah. they are. But this was literally like, you know, this was Deku gaining one for all, where it's like you have powers now. Yeah, although this, they might be temporary. We'll see. It could be this is going to be the final arc. I don't know how well Mushin Yuzakura has been doing. Maybe. Uh, what do you have at six? I burned the witch at six. Okay. Even though it's a chapter two, I just liked more insight into the characters. Like, I like the insight into the one girl wants fame and the one girl wants money. And, like, that's their motivations. Also, the fact that the chief got fired over the incident. And then just how happy-go-lucky the guy is over the... Yeah, Balgo. And then the setup for the... uh, All right, well, we have to kill the dragonling. Yeah. Which I presume will be the main conflict of the story. Yes. I have My Hero Academia at six. Um, Like I said when we were talking about it, good chapter of My Hero Academia, not as good as I wanted it to be, though. Yeah, it's my number five. A lot of the same reasons. Like I said, I'm I'm really interested. I really liked the bits with the bullets where Tomer's like, I bet they totally forgot I had these. And I was like, I totally forgot you had those. (laughs) To be fair, the heroes never knew he had those. I don't think. Maybe they did, though. I Actually, I don't think they do. Maybe, like, maybe somebody figured it out, like, you know, we raided, but they also could have easily come to the conclusion, well, maybe he only had that one bullet. Like, that mm-hmm. That probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but they're, maybe they're I like... I think we maybe... know that detail, but I don't remember that detail. Yeah, I don't remember either. So, it leads me to believe that the heroes didn't know about it or maybe only suspected just with Tomber being like, I bet they forgot I had these. Uh-huh. I have Dr. Stone at five. Okay. Again, I really like the Taiju bit in the middle of him picking up the enemy and them like trying to communicate. Yeah. That's and be good. like, oh, this guy isn't bad. I have a uh, spirit photography. Okay. Like I said, I really liked this story. So that was a really good one shot. And I do understand, especially when you're ranking a chapter, that if it's a good one-shot, it will just tend to do better than yep. even series I'm super excited for, because it's a fully enclosed story. Mm-hmm. It's that chapter one bonus and that final chapter bonus at the same time. Yeah. Plus, it's got additional room, so it's essentially two chapters in one. Mm-hmm. And slightly more. Yeah. I have one piece at number four. I'm kind of okay. surprised I have it below you. 
we talked about it plenty. I uh, really like this chapter of One Piece, but there was it didn't have like a big emotional punch. It just had, yeah. you know, the story moving forward, which is what I want. But yeah. it, it's not a high point for One Piece, and we had some high points in some other series this week. Yeah, it's my number three. I I did really like it, so not much right. else to say about what we said earlier. Yeah, I have Time Paradox at three, and uh, again, I don't have much more to say about that either. I like the chapter. I have it at number two. Uh-huh. So the only thing we're going to have in common is our number one, because I have Chainsaw Man at number two. Okay. Because I really liked this chapter of Chainsaw Man. Again, it it just it moved. Like, we seemed like we were in a slow spot, and there was just a ton of action. And then mm-hmm. it's, like, immediate careful what you wish for. Yeah. And, like, we've been, like, slowly creeping Makima up as the villain, but, like, I, I just thought every bit of it was super good. It feels like Chainsaw Man also is going towards a conclusion. Especially, you know, since all of its characters are dead. Well, Power's not necessarily dead. Yes, you are correct. But she probably is. She probably is. But Denji might save her. You never know. Yeah. And that is part of another part of why it went up there. Is like, she looks very dead, but maybe she could survive that. Yeah, nothing else to say. Okay. Then we never learn it's number one because it's cute. Yeah. I was really glad that I saved it for last. Like, that was a great way to go out. It's super cute. I'm super excited to read the rest of the story. Just really like it. We never learned. And it's bringing a smile to my face, which is just great. Yeah. All right. I think that will do it for everything in Shonen Jump. And we will be back to talk about Bakemon Volume 8 after the break. All right, we read Bakuman Volume 8 this week, and it's still very, very good. At least I think so. Oh, yeah, super great. It's interesting how this is almost like a full romantic comedy chapter, or volume, rather. Yeah. Other than the end, which is very uh, shown in rivalry suddenly. Yeah. But as Aoki, like, kind of takes center stage, and, like, all these guys are interested in her, and it creates... Problems in both of the main characters' relationships. Yep. Yeah, I did really like that. This was one of the cases of I both loved and hate hated screaming at Mashiro and Takagi. Just talk to your girlfriends, <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, no, no. She, yeah. she won't understand. Just talk to her, mother of God. It will fix everything. She'll be mad for five minutes and then get over it. I was really expecting Mashiro to tell Takagi that. But I also kind of love how both Mashiro and Miho, like, go full bro mode for their friends when they're in a fight. Like, no, I'm breaking up with her then. Yes. <laughs> and how and how both Takagi and um, Yoshi are like, oh, no, we have to get back together so they'll get back together. Yeah, because at this point, they'll do it <laughs> just because they're stubborn. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, I both loved and hated... <laughs> Takago and Takago. Takagi and Mashiro. It's a good couple name. Uh, You (laughs) shun. But I both loved and hated screaming at them. Just talk to your damn girlfriends. Yeah. 
And lo and behold, when they finally talked to their girlfriends, everything worked out. Yeah, they do get kind of unlucky with that letter. Yes, and that was something that I really, really liked, that both of them, you know, she put the letter in the book, but so far into the book that neither of them made it to it. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't just, like, fall out or stick out to them. Yeah, and then when Miho picks it up, it does, and she was like, oh my god. <laughs> and they were like, what letter? What are you talking about? Yeah. So good. Yeah, and it's, you know, very guy-like for Masher and Takagi to be like, we haven't done anything wrong, trust us. And then I'm like, well, if you haven't done anything wrong, you can tell us what you did. Yep. Also, all the girls are into Takagi now. Yes. Because Aoki obviously was falling for him, and Iwase is still into him and wrote a letter to him. Yeah. Her book. Yes. And I love where uh, he's talking to Miyoshi and he's like, no, I like you uh, ten times more than Awase. And she's like, what about Aoki? He's like, ah, three times? <laughs> no, it was a thousand. <laughs> it was like, I love you a thousand times more than Awase. She was like, what about Aoki? Uh, three. Why did you have to think that hard? <laughs> With even him like, being well, like, listen, I, it's just like, listen, I'm attracted to her. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> and she's like, well, it does make it sound more realistic if you... Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it. that <laughs> definitely doesn't sound like you're lying. Where you're like, no, I'm super attracted to her. I love you more, but I still like her. Uh, and I love how Aoki's aware of it and how she, like, they go to meet at the zoo and she's just there already, like, having this big crisis and throws herself at Takagi right as Miyoshi runs up and she's like, okay, it's over. And Aoki's like, no way, it's a terrible misunderstanding. Yeah, because Takagi is like, oh god, no, this is the horrible romantic comedy trope. And Yeah. I keep forgetting his girlfriend's name right now. Because I keep wanting Miyoshi. to say Miho. Miyoshi. Uh, he's like, she's going to come around the corner right now! And she does. <laughs> yeah. Ah. And it's basically Aoki who saves it, where she was like, yeah. you know, you're just too damn honest. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very good. I also love that Aoki just ripped off all their lives for uh, her one shot. Y yeah. And that I'll... pisses the girls off more. Yes. <laughs> Why did you tell them about our relationships? I'm sorry! Yeah, that was good. It's my only experience. Yep. I also really like that Hattori has kind of like jumped back into the ring and is getting yeah. Awase to write manga. And he's like, I'm going to use her to become a rival for Mashiro and Takagi to get them to write the series that they. And I really like the like. I, I really like that, too, but I want to kind of save it for the end since that's the okay. end of the. Sure volume okay because i do love that right after that Aoki's like yeah i'm sorry i just have like don't have any friends so like my time with takagi became super important because he's literally the only man i trust even a little bit and that ends with all of them becoming friends and then takagi uh miho miyoshi and aoki are all having tea together and mesher's like why can't i come it's like well you're <laughs> the one who has the dumb pact where you're not going to see her until you're you have an anime so sorry because your girlfriend is here you can't be <laughs> Yes. yes. That was very good. <laughs> I totally understand why Aoki has that distrust of men because yeah. of especially how the the Nikai older acts this yeah, entire volume. This entire volume where it's like literally he was only interested in me because he wanted to date me. 
because I was mm-hmm. cute kind of thing. And like Takagi was already dating someone and was like just liked talking to me as a person and not yeah. as a a person to date. Mm-hmm. Even though the more they talk, they they have a ton of propinquity and they do start being attracted to each other, which they both admit. Yeah, so he didn't go into, I'll call it their relationship. It is a relationship. It is a relationship with the intention of dating her. It's not like the, oh, if I'm nice to her and, you know, just kind of be myself around her, maybe she'll like me kind of thing. Like, he just Mm -hmm. didn't have those motivations. Yeah. Because I honestly think she, Aoki, will get along with Mashiro too. Yeah, almost definitely. uh, She even says she, like, respects him in this. Yeah, it's just like as a well, he also has a, yeah he also has a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So I definitely oh. liked that. I love how it transitions from like we said like a romantic comedy manga into like pure shonen friendship where like Miyoshi's like I'll forgive you as long as you be my friend too, and then it's just them all at like the shake shop. Yes. Hanging out and talking on the phone and being yep. friends. Yeah. Well, and then that leads into the next arc with Aoki's conflict. Because yeah. a lot of this volume is about Aoki. I mean, obviously yeah. Mashiro and Takagi are there, but like a lot of it is about her. Yes. Which I think speaks to how good this is as a series, that you don't really mind at all. And she goes yep. from like maybe the least interesting character in that early alliance to one of the most interesting. Yes. Especially with her like relationship with the violent guy, whose name I'm searching for right now and cannot find. Yeah, I actually, I still really like him, especially with what he did in this arc. Yeah, I, lo- I love how he calls Nike and is like, hey, have you read uh, Aoki's one shot? And he's like, yeah, um, what about it? He's like, so did you notice? He's like, notice what? He's like, oh, you're an idiot. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, I did like that. And then I really like, so Aoki's editor is pushing her to get better at doing panty shots because he was like, yes, while these are shots of panties, they're not panty shots. Yeah. Like you're drawing them, but they're not. Yeah. It's nothing about this is titillating. It's just, this is a woman's panties. It's not that accidental peak kind of feeling to a panty shot. And so he's trying to figure out, he's like, well, we can get, maybe get somebody to basically guest draw your panty shots and she's like yeah. you know at this point she's like i uh, because i think was it at wasn't it at that yes at that point naki is that his name yeah i'm trying to find it was basically like oh hey i heard you're getting serialized i'll totally work you know i'll, I'll totally help illustrate for you if you'll date me and she slaps him in the face and it's like all right fukuda is his name yeah fukuda okay she slaps him in the face and is like, are you kidding me? Is that what you think this is? Get out of here, you disgusting pig. Yeah, and he goes over and punches him. Or rather, he goes over to try and convince him, hey, you should do this. And then when he t- talks, he's like, oh no, she didn't like hit you hard enough is the problem, actually. Yeah, that happened. It's not like that didn't happen immediately. There was definitely a bit of time before that. But he's because he's also pissed at him because he's like, didn't you want a series? Yeah. Like, wasn't that And, and Mashiro is also super concerned with that, because after that, he's like, well, I'm leaving, because this other girl doesn't like me either. Yeah, because the other girl was like, I liked working with you as an assistant, but I don't want to date. 
even though she was super flirty towards him the entire time, like she was with Mashiro. Yeah. Well, and basically, she's like, I'm still holding a torch for Mashiro, because she's like, I'm I'm into younger guys. Mm-hmm. So she was being super flirty, but she was like, no, I'm into younger guys. Because the their one ex-assistant, his series gets canceled. Mm-hmm. Fukuda's like, oh, great, I'm not even going to have work. Why didn't I... Why didn't I take the job with Aoki? Mm-hmm. And the violent, angry guy, that's when he, when he's, you know, like, oh, I'm going to leave. Yeah. He shows up and is like, you know, are you insane? I thought you wanted a manga. Like, why did you make that stipulate, you know, uh, why didn't you work with Aoki? He was like, well, I told her I'd work with her if I wanted to date her. And that's where he had the moment of, nope, she did not hit you hard enough. Yeah. And I love that he's, like, in a position where his manga is starting to do poorly, and so he has to, like, cater and do panty shots all the time now, and yep. he's like, maybe I should just cancel it, and his editor's like, oh, yeah, some people say if you're in the middle and you're not going to get an anime, just cancel and try again. And he's like, yeah, that's exactly what I should do. And he's like, no, it is not. What are you talking about? Yep. And then he ends up, like, teaching Aoki how to drop panty shots, even though they have this super adversarial relationship. Well, they do... But they also don't, because I really yes. love his reasoning for that of, he's like, so me, God, I'm forgetting everybody's names, uh, me, Aoki, Mashiro Takagi, and Crow's Illustrator. Edgy. 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 He's like, uh, oh, and uh, the guy from Otter 8. He was like, we all formed a group <laughs> to save Mashiro, or to, to save Mashiro's manga, but also to, back when it was just Mashiro, me, and Edgy, we basically formed a group to say we're going to change jump like yeah i don't like the fact that reader surveys are top three and uh-huh. i totally understand his sentiment yeah and i love his editor is like oh yeah you know your your solutions are bad but yes your problems are right and he ends up telling him a whole bunch of exposition he's like i'm not supposed to tell you this but the readers need to know so yeah so i like that i you know at first he was like we should rank every chapter and from a person who ranks every chapter every week, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. that's yeah. such a pain. But I was like, even a top five would be better than top three. Like, mm-hmm. what if it was the, you know, what if it's consistently the fourth best chapter on everybody's mind, mm-hmm. but nobody puts it in the ranking, so it ends up shooting to the bottom because it didn't get any damn votes. Yeah, which is why ratings are not what they use out exclusively anymore. Although, yes. you know... Pokemon's 10 years old now. A lot of this stuff has changed since then because a lot of people had these opinions then or, you know, even before Pokemon came out. Yeah. Like, I think that's one of the reasons that they don't rank stuff based on the reader or uh, put stuff in the book based on the reader surveys yeah. anymore. Because it was kind of self-perpetuating. Yeah. Because then it's, well, only the po- the popular gets stuff gets read first and eventually, you get, oh, this is the unpopular stuff. I can just skip it. Mm-hmm. But I just, I really liked how he was like, of course I'm going to help her because she was part of the team that's working together to change jump. And yes, we're rivals. Yes, we're competing, but we're also working together to change jump for the better. Mm-hmm. And I super love that character who is both his and edgy's editor. Who's been sort of coming out as a character and more and more recently, but really yeah. this volume breaks out as he has his talks with Hattori. Yeah. He has his talks with Hattori. He's got those interactions with the angry guy and edgy later on in the series and you know it kind of seems like him and Hattori are kind of like you know I kind of like I sort of agree with these kids that jump 
does need to change. They're kids and they don't know what they're talking about, but they're not wrong. Yeah, it's their solutions are not correct, but they are correct that there is a problem and something needs to be done about. It. Uh-huh. And I did I did really like that where it's like yeah, their solutions aren't right, but they are right. There is a problem with jump. And, you know, I really like Hattori's still kind of pushing the because Mashiro and Takagi are kind of like pandering with the comedy bit. It was like that one editor that he was talking to at one point was like, I would literally deny everything they sent to me until they sent me something that yeah. was like, even if it Amazing. was jump. Yeah. Until it was like, basically until they put forth their work. So the equivalent thing I can make is Tolo Dai pitches me one piece. I like, regardless <laughs> of how many good yeah. ideas I get, he gives me until he gives me his masterpiece. I'm dying. Yeah. And I love how, again, speaking of editor, he gives the thing with the one shots to Edgy, and he's like, so what did you think of them? And he's like, uh, you know, obviously Mashiro and Takagi's thing is the best. Uh, it, it's like a prototype for how you draw gag manga. I just really hope they don't become a jack-of-all-trades master of none. Yeah, where he was like, you know, sure, yeah, they're doing fine with the gag manga, but I still love their, I think they call them story works. He's like, I still love yeah. uh, the world is all about intelligence and money and some of their other stuff. Like that is, I personally believe what they're best at, and that's what I think they should do. Even though, yeah, sure, they're super talented, so they can, you know, this is excellent gag manga, and it works just fine because you're super talented. You know, you can do great at it, but that's not what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And I love how there's, there's like, you know, Edgy's, you know, not an editor. He's not perfect at this stuff but he's usually right about it and crow is in a slump and it has been since detective trap ended because he sees them as a rival and i i've noticed that he's just not trying as hard and you know it's edgy so he barely has to try at all to begin with so it's a very subtle difference yep. but i can tell and this is where they form uh, owase decides she's gonna enter manga to stick it yep. to takagi and hattori like gets a call from her and he's like oh you, you are Takagi's rival, you say. Yeah, yeah, bring me your work. And he's like, huh, this is really, really good. And he starts talking with Edgy's editor. And at some point he's like, you know, this is pretty good, don't you think? Uh, what do you think of Edgy drew it? Like, and like he teamed up with another of the rivals. Yep. And I love how they, they just give the script to Edgy. He's like, oh my God, this is amazing. Who is drawing it? And Hattori's like, no one yet. And Edgy's like, please let it be, please, please, please. And he's like, oh, I don't know, Edgy. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. that was really good. And that whole interaction was great. And I just really love where even Edgy's editor is like, you planned this from the whole beginning, did you? And he's like, what? No. I think that he later says, like, well, I didn't think it would go this well. Yeah, because it's like, this is going to light a fire under Mashiro and Takagi. Awase is a great writer. And, you know, if she wants to continue doing manga, I am absolutely down with that. I still kind of agree with Takagi that it seems like she's a literature person. So like, yes, she has come up with a great story, but it also doesn't necessarily need to be a manga in order for it to be told. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what's going to happen to it. Yeah. But then he's like, this is also lighting a fire under Edgy's butt to get something done. Uh Uh-huh. Since he's going to be drawing this manga. And he's also like, I'm going to be the first per, you know, I'm going to be the first person to jump with two active series. Hells yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. And it's a super strong cliffhanger like Bakuman always has. Oh, we even missed the part where Takagi and uh, Miyoshi decided to get married. <laughs> because Takagi's basically like, yeah, I don't want to, like, wander. And I will if it's not, like, a done deal. And they agree, we'll get married after you guys get serialized. But then their work doesn't get serialized. And they get yep. super depressed. Yeah, and a lot of the stuff was like, yeah, sure, it's a fine gag manga, but we don't feel like it's you. Like, I feel uh-huh. like that's what the editor... I I don't remember their exact quotes, but it, that, that's what it kind of seemed like. Like, they were just kind of like, eh, it was fine, but, like, nothing special. Mm-hmm. And it's like a bunch of people said, they're just doing it to get work done, basically. It's not yeah. their story. Yeah, it's not their story. It's like, yeah, you're putting out a story, and it's good, but it's not you. Like mm-hmm. I said, it, it felt like that, that one editor that was like, I would literally turn their stuff down until they gave me their story. Yeah, and I feel like that's a lot of the driving thing behind all of Bakuman is, you know, what, just like in... Time Paradox. Time Paradox. What story, you know, what do you have to tell the world? Right now, mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're an artist who... I'm not going to say that they're uh, plagiarizing works, but it's like you're an artist who's painting amazing things that don't say anything because you're not painting something. You're just making, like, you're not... You're not doing manga. You're just making a manga happen. Like, uh-huh. if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does to me. Anything else we want to say on this super good series? Uh, we're about halfway done. Is it 16? I got the box set right here. 20 volumes. I think 20. I think yeah, I said I think that last 20. week, too. And <laughs> yeah. So we've got like, plenty of series left. We're about halfway done. I was like, I thought it was a little bit longer than that. Yeah. So plenty of series left. Super excited for where it goes. Yeah. And just really, really glad to be reading it especially because it's all in the viz app if you want to read it that way so you can obviously buy the box set but if you're just if you know you're like me and you're paying that 2.99 a month you can just read the whole thing it's great mm-hmm. if that's all we have to say that just leaves this with personality power level Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level personality power level is the segment where we rank all the characters we rank all the characters where we rank manga characters from best to worst the best is Uzumaki Naruto. He could beat up Mashiro. Yes. The worst is not that guy who's not Yamcha from that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. And dead in the center is Buggy the Clown. From Bakuman, we have at number 11, Mashiro. At number 20, Miyoshi. At number 24, uh, Takagi. At number 25, Eji. At number 35, Kizua Hiromaru, who writes Otter 11. At 40, Goro Miura. Do not remember who that is. Their current editor. Ah, their current editor. I'm going to make a note of that. I just remember that because I was like, his name's Goro. That's awesome. (laughs) At number 41, we have Akira Hattori, their former editor. Are there anyone you want to move in there? Anyone you think moved this uh, chapter? I don't think so. All right. Who do you want to add? I feel like Aoki is the obvious one, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think she's definitely the obvious one. The only other one would be the violent guy, but since we don't remember his name. Or Edgy's do. editor. Or Edgy's editor. I feel like. Uh, he, I think he'll have a bit more in the next volume, but yes, he also did have yeah, uh, that's super a bit fair. of an arc. Yeah. I, I would just say he's the other character that to me says, we yes. could do him. But yeah, I think Aoki is the best bet. All right. 
So how do we think she compares to her her uh, her romantic rival Miyoshi? I don't think she's as strong as her, personally. No, um, especially Miyoshi had a lot going on in this volume with the you know how she deals with the breakup, how she got over it, and just how great of a person she is. Like mm-hmm. even though she thought her boyfriend was cheating on her, she was like. I'm not going to slam it in his face right now. They're super... They're Busy with their manga. They're super... And it's not just busy with their manga. It's like they're really working at this serialization thing. So I'm just going to... I'm going to wait until it's over before, you know, I kick him and I punch him to the moon. Uh-huh. I'm probably not as good as Akito and Eji either, right? Who are... Takagi and Eji, rather. Who are just a bit below her. No. Eji still continues to be great. Let's Hospital is still so good. <laughs> I don't know that there's a better quote. Like, if we did quotes, uh, I did a quote as Let's Hospital would probably be number one. Yeah, that that one's amazing. What about Hirumaru, who writes Otter 11? I think she's better than him. Yes. Well, I do still like him. We talked about him, about him a little bit, but he had some great bits in this volume, too. But I definitely like her more than him. How do we think she compares to a niece from Cypher? I think I like her more than her. Yeah, that's fair. We got, just got a bunch of female characters here. I think I like her more than Kay Saranuma from Kiss Him, Not Me, who is a sim- similar romantic comedy protagonist. Yeah. Right above her is Ranma, though, and I don't know if I think she's better than Ranma. What about you? Yeah, I could see that. All right. So, her real name is Yuriko... Urumara, Yeko Aoki, from Bakuman. She will go at number 29, above Keisaranuma and below Ranma. All right, that does it for this week. Next week, we are going back to Flame of Rekka to catch up on Flame of Rekka and Bakuman with all the weeks we missed this week due to Shonen Jump. Yep. Until then, our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fistfight by Tom W. Emerit. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions, and our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. www.lastpodcast.com is our website, where you can find our previous episodes as well as our Discord. Anything you want to plug this week, Kevin? Not this week. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Stop.